Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. And we've got plenty of detail to get into today as we return to our conversation on the Affordable Care Act, or as many people like to call it, Obamacare, a more familiar term. Um, a lot to cover. We got a good start on it a couple of weeks ago with my guest, Ted McGinn of Lavelle Law Limited. Ted is a partner at the firm and uh, has been very involved in uh, health law for more than a decade. Uh, he shared some thoughts with us a couple of weeks ago as we started this discussion, and we're going to get back to it today. So uh, this is Jim Mitchell. Thanks for being with us. And, Ted, let me uh, first of all thank you for making the time to talk uh, in more detail about this important topic. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me, as always. Uh, glad to be here and glad to give whatever input I can on this complicated issue. So let's um, let's try and simplify by just going back a little bit. As I mentioned, we had a podcast just a few weeks ago where we talked about this in some detail. Can you kind of give us the uh, quick overview of uh, the general concepts, and then we'll start talking about some of the uh, specifics of the law? Sure, Jim. I, uh, I'll try to go over as quickly as I possibly can in light of the breadth of the uh, topic. But, but basically what we talked about last time was, you know, Barack Obama coming into office and ambitiously trying to tackle this health insurance, health care issue that's really plaguing the country. Uh, and, uh, and and what he did is the Affordable Care Act. Uh, the, the, the act is designed to get more individuals with their health insurance or a means to pay for health care in the country. Uh, that was the uh, primary goal, get more people in the in the system. And then the hope with getting more and more people within the system would be a way to try to drive down or control health care costs. That was the ambitious goals of the Affordable Care Act. Now, how he was going about to accomplish that uh, was was coming up with what is known as the individual mandate. That is the uh, requirement that everybody in the country, every citizen, uh, everybody, I mean, you know, here legally, immigrants here legally are required to go out there and some way, shape, or form obtain insurance coverage. That's the requirement. That's the law of the land. We talked about a little bit how uh, the individual mandate was uh, carried out, how the issue was debated by the lawyers uh, all the way in circuit court on up the whole appellate chain and all the way to the Supreme Court. It was a kind of an interesting constitutional battle, uh, some parties believing that the individual mandate was unconstitutional. You know, how can the government require anybody to purchase anything? Uh, so there's a, you know, a lot of constitutional challenges to the individual mandate, but ultimately the Supreme Court held in favor of the individual mandate and found it constitutional. Uh, we also talked about why the individual mandate was so important to Obamacare, and and the reason it was important is, is without it, the whole act would just cave in and fail of its own, you know, just 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 volume of the of the whole act. Uh, the reason being is without the individual mandate, then insurance companies would not have 
all of the uh, healthy individuals coming into the system, paying insurance premiums, and effectively subsidizing the sick. Um, and, and so the individual mandate was required to bring everybody uh, a part of the system. Uh, the other problem, of course, without the individual mandate, individuals could simply choose uh, to not get the insurance. And then if you're going to uh, require insurance companies to insure everybody who wants to, they can just simply wait until they actually need the insurance and then and then get the coverage, and then they're very sick, and obviously it's it's too costly for insurance companies to, to, to run a business in that way. So that's why the individual mandate was so critical to the act, and without it, the whole act would fail. The last thing we kind of talked about was, uh, you know, the first I guess I would say prong in in how the Obamacare is going to help people get insurance, and that was the expansion of Medicaid. Um, You know, the individual mandate is requiring everybody to get insurance, and then the act is going to, they have three ways to help people get insurance. The first way is the expansion of Medicaid, and basically what that did, Medicaid, by the way, as we went over before, is a, uh, you know, it's a program for the poor to get health insurance. Uh, so what Obamacare does is expand the eligibility of individuals who are covered under Medicaid, um, and, and that's kind of where we left off before, uh, Jim. So that's that's uh, you know the first prong in how Obamacare is enabling people to go out and get insurance. And that's a that's a very thorough and complete summary there. And now we've got a whole other list of topics to talk about. So let's dive into that. Um, a key part of this. And I believe one of the one of the ways that the program is designed to help manage costs across the board is the introduction of health insurance exchanges. Do you have a kind of a grasp on, on what that means and how that should operate? Yes, I do. Um you know, as I said, you know, again I just wanna I always wanna come back to the framework. The the main part is the individual mandate. Everybody has to get insurance. Uh however we're gonna make it easier for you to get insurance. First is the expansion of Medicaid, and then number two is providing for what is known as the health insurance exchange. What a health insurance exchange is, is really best viewed as a marketplace. It's a place where uh, buyers and sellers can come together, uh, sellers being uh, insurance companies throughout the country, offering different insurance products, and then the buyers would be, of course, the individuals who need insurance. Uh, these in- exchanges are going primarily be run on the World Wide Web or the Internet, but in addition, those who do not have access to computers are able to purchase insurance through the telephone. Um, but but basically, it's, it's a it's going to be a, essentially a a web page where people would visit and be able to purchase insurance through the web through the uh, exchange on the on the Internet. Interesting, kind of an open market for uh, for insurance coverage. Um, exactly. So let, exactly. Let's let's talk now that you know we've talked about the individual um and, and the individual mandate and, and what individuals need to do, how they can even shop for insurance. Now what about businesses? How are they impacted? Because isn't there a requirement? Well, before now we go to business, they, Jim, before I want to talk a little bit more on the exchanges. Um you know, one of the the problems with shopping for insurance these days is that it's you know, different insurance policies have different, I guess, bells and whistles, so to speak. Uh, those different uh, premiums that you may have to pay uh, or out-of-pocket costs, co-pays. Sometimes people will acquire, I guess, catastrophic insurance where it only kicks in with a certain deductible. And as a result, it's from a consumer standpoint, it's very difficult 
to compare one sort of insurance policy from another. And so one of the goals of the exchanges is an effort to try to standardize insurance policies. And I'm sure many people out there have heard these sort of descriptions. Uh, insurance policies are now going to fit in essentially one of four different categories. You have the bronze, you have the silver, you have the gold, and then you have the platinum. Um, so that what that why why that is good is that if you're looking for various different insurance coverages. And you're going to look obviously see what the premium is, but if you're going to, you're going to compare a bronze policy to another bronze policy, that way you're essentially comparing apples to apples. It makes it easier to shop, and that in turn, in theory, is supposed to drive down premiums because now insurance companies have to compete uh, on the premiums that they charge rather than other, I guess, other ways to compete, which is you know maybe confusion or making things complicated, making it difficult for consumers to to compare and contrast policies. So that's one part of the exchanges which I think is going to be helpful. It's going to be make it easier for consumers to shop insurance. And then one other thing I want to talk about the exchanges, and I guess this kind of goes for Obamacare in general, is the consumer protection elements. I don't think we talked about this last time. But now under Obamacare is that insurance policies uh, now have to have certain essential elements uh, number one, this is a big thing, and this is insurance companies are no longer allowed to exclude individuals as a result of a pre-existing condition. Uh, before Obamacare, this is a big problem, Jim, where there was a segment of the population that just, you know, as much as they'd like, they just flat out were unable to obtain health insurance because of an illness they had in the past or maybe a family condition or some other um, health situation where the insurance company would simply refuse to accept them as a consumer. And I couldn't see it from the insurance company's standpoint because obviously they're making a business decision on whether or not to accept a a person to be a a client or not, and they're going to look at that person. They're going to make a a business decision. If you have a, a sick person the insurance company knows in advance they're going to spend a lot of money on the health care for this individual, and they're not going to receive as much in, in, by way of premiums. But now under Obamacare, insurance companies are no longer allowed to disqualify individuals or exclude people because of pre-existing conditions. Um, a couple other consumer protections is children are eligible to fit under parents' plans until they are 26 years of age. Uh, I guess that you know age for kids keep getting higher and higher now. I guess they're considered to be children until they're 26. And then there's a couple other things. There's no annual or lifetime caps for coverage for uh, for under the insurance. And then also, insurance companies are no longer allowed to rescind insurance policies. That would that was a situation where insurance companies would uh, view uh, someone as committing or, or, or you know making a technical mistake on their application and not filling it out properly and then de- determining later on that you're not covered because of some technical reason like that. Okay. Well, uh, again, uh, a lot of a lot of information, a lot of detail that we're trying to cover with our guest uh, Ted McGinn of Laval Law Limited. Um and Ted does have a uh, he'll be hosting a seminar coming up later this month uh to address a number of issues facing the home health care industry in particular, and he also authors some articles from time to time. You can find those at LavelleLaw.com. Now, we've only got a few minutes left, and, and again, there's so much to cover. You mentioned um, 
you know, individuals who in the past had been rejected, who couldn't get coverage, now now everyone should be covered. But isn't there a responsibility for every individual that they do need to get insurance? What happens if someone chooses not to obtain health insurance? Uh, if someone does not get insurance and they uh, do not have it through their employer, then that individual would be subject to, well, I guess, after the insurance, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Supreme Court decision, they'd be subject to a tax, an additional tax. And that tax is a function of the number of members of the household as well as their household income. So the concept behind the individual mandate, the way it's kind of carried out, is that if you do not have the insurance, then you're going to have to pay uh, a penalty, and that is um, enforced in the form of a tax. So that's how it works out. Okay. And then with just a little bit of time left here, we talked last session about Medicaid. Um, Medicare obviously is a different program. Is that impacted as well? Yeah, uh, Medicare is impacted, of, of course. Uh, there's a few, you know, as I mentioned at the very beginning, one of the goals of Obamacare is to find a way to bring down costs. You know, Medicare is just a large uh, percentage of the uh, the federal budget, and it's, and it's increasing on an annual basis at a very kind of scary rate. Um, so one thing that Obamacare is trying to accomplish is to come up with ways to try to rein in controls of, of Medicare. And there's a few programs out there that they, I guess you would say, that they're um, kind of experimenting with, so to speak. Uh, one is called, known as the Accountable Care Organization. What that is uh, is a way where they bring together a number of various different providers to work together the goal is to try to reduce the amount of readmissions to hospitals and try to reduce the overall cost of health care. And then the savings that they generate are then split between the members of that accountable care organization. That's one uh, tinkering new program that comes to mind that, there's, that it's, it's been rolled out um, this year. I think they're going to continue again next year. So they're kind of experimenting with ways to try to reduce costs. That's one thing that they're doing with the Medicare right now. Well, and I know that the program includes uh, other initiatives to help control costs. People see this as a means of ultimately raising costs, but uh, that is a topic we're going to have to save for our next discussion. And while we've had two now on this act, I think it looks like we might have to schedule a third with Ted. I want to thank him for being with us today and certainly appreciate you listening. And as always, if there are comments or questions, you can forward them to us. And you can always get more information on any of these issues at LavelleLaw.com or by calling 847 705 7555. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. 